this is Joe Basso from Music Radar, the place for music makers, and I'm speaking with Tom Morello, the Night Watchman and guitarist with Rage Against the Machine, and he's been a guitarist with Audio Slave, and he's been an actor in Star Trek, and am I leaving anything out? <laughs> One or two things, but that's, that's enough to start with, for sure. <laughs> okay. So the new record, The Fabled City, is quite a statement. Great record, Tom. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. How was writing this new Night Watchman record differing from the first? Because obviously there's so much more instrumentation on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, um, the, the writing for The Fabled City uh, incorporated two things. One was I wanted to really capture the excitement and the energy of the live shows from the One Man Revolution tour, which felt like, even though they were performed for the most part only with uh, you know acoustic guitar became pretty raucous affairs then as I um, was doing a, a residency at the Hotel Cafe here in, right. in Los Angeles as well as playing on the Justice Tour with other musicians I really felt like I wanted to expand the sound and felt much more comfortable incorporating you know, some of my rock playing in you know it's not not just three chords in the truth anymore but also having you know some riffs involved some uh, some guitar soloing involved I, I was really more comfortable loosening the reins that's on the musical front on the on the lyrical front you know over the course of the last couple of years experienced you know, quite a few personal losses from my aunt and uncle who were very very close to me to a number of friends and you know even my dog died oh, <laughs> uh, it was a lot of a lot of you know, personal and emotional carnage which i think seeped into uh seeped into the lyrics and, and trying to find a way through through this music and the you know and the, and the performances to find you know, glimmers of hope and sort of r- reasons to push on and you know in this kind of continuing fight against injustice through music even though the songs are very political and serious in nature there does seem to be a more joyous tone to it than the first night watchman record yeah there's i mean i think a lot of that really comes from the energy of, of the shows i you know, when when I when I wrote the songs for One Man Revolution, those songs were performed predominantly uh, when I was, uh, you know, getting my feet wet, playing playing in coffee houses and playing anonymously. In the touring for One Man Revolution, I was playing at, you know, at Bonnaroo and big European festivals and playing, you know, in the midst of tear gas riots and playing in front of raucous, you know, the big big day out crowds in uh, in Australia, and had to find a way to convert, you know, what were sometimes very quiet moody acoustic songs you know when you're playing in between sepultura and <laughs> you know and dave matthews band or so you, you you can't just stand up there and strum and look at look at the floor and so i really tried to uh, incorporate that energy and and excitement into the into the music this time around as well are you going to be touring with a live band because there's so much more instrumentation on this yeah record. when i when i tour this time it's going to be i'm i really like the the model that uh, neil young does for a lot of his tours where it's going to it's going to the tour is basically going to be half acoustic and half electric uh and even though on the album there's uh, there's there's no electric guitar i've used a lot of my electric guitar effects on the acoustic guitar so you may not even I was, not know what exactly is playing there i was going um, to ask you about that yes yeah yeah and uh but 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 on the tour it's going to be 50 50 acoustic and electric and the show will, i haven't got all the details hammered out the show will start with uh start with acoustic and it'll continue to build on these on these justice tour shows that you know that i did a, across the country that I, I felt that it was really exciting to be able to incorporate the two elements and I will 
I've never, even you know, in Audio Slave or in Rage Against the Machine, where I play a lot of electric guitar, have never really like gone for it in a way, in a pure electric guitar way that I intend to do on this tour. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> yeah. that's somewhat shocking to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you and Brendan O'Brien sat down to make this record, what discussions did you have about the different instrumentation? Yeah, well, uh, the, the, way I, the way Brendan and I work, and I love making records with him, I and mean, this is the, see, he made two Rage records, one Audio Save record, and this is the second Night Watchman record. We have a great time in, in the studio, and normally what I'll do is I'll sit down and just play the guitar, and play the song, play and sing the song into a couple of microphones, and then we'll get an idea of, of what each song demands. Just that we don't really sit out and plot it out ahead of time. Uh, for some songs like Rise to Power, those are that's a one take. That's just me. That's the second time I played it. I just sat in front of the microphone, played and sang the song, and we were done. Other songs like Night Falls or Whatever It Takes seem to call for a much more fleshed out instrumentation. And you know, and that's Brendan and I are the the, the two man Freedom Fighter Orchestra and. You know, and he'll say, "Okay, I'm." You know, he'll run over to the organ and put some of that down, or he'll play the play the drum kit, and I'll add the mandolin or the harmonica to it. We have a great time making these records. I was going to ask who's playing what instruments. I mean, there's mandolin. Yeah, it's pretty, I'm pretty much the string section, and he's the rhythm section and keyboardist. <laughs> so, so he's doing the drumming on track. Yeah, like he's doing he's doing the drumming. Fabled yeah. City and. Yeah. Now, is it, am I hearing uh, am I hearing some steel guitar on some tracks? There's a uh, yeah on a couple of now normally I, I, I one of the the hallmarks of Night Watchman Dumb is uh, is using the nylon string guitar because I think it's just, it's it's just a you know it's 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 different than sort of the usual singer songwriter thing and it's the one guitar that I you know I write all the songs on but there's a couple of steel the, um, like maybe twelve string on uh, Saint Isabel and. Um, Maybe one more of the songs as well. The, the nylon string guitar is that the Ibanez Galvador. That's correct. That's the Ibanez. Same Galvador. same guitar. Yep, same um, guitar. The what whatever it, it takes guitar. What are you putting it through on um, the song "Whatever It Takes"? Whatever it takes, it's going through an octave divider, and I'm not sure that the, it was this little. What, it was the closest distortion pedal that we had <laughs> to to the octave divider in in, in the studio, and. And it's run direct. It's not through an amp, and you know we we, we plug those two things in, and it just sounded it sounded awesome. I mean, it, it's I've never certainly never heard a classical, a nylon string classical guitar sound like that. No, I totally did. Pretty cool. Very very, uh, very cool rock riff. Yeah, um, pretty cool. But you do a very nice sort of traditional nylon string solo on the lights are uh, on, lights on in Spider, Spider Town. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful solo. Oh, thanks. I mean, that's I, like like I said. You know, as as I said, I'm going to really open it up on this on this coming tour. Much of my playing. One of the main differences between what I'm able to do with the you know the Night Watchman solo material and the tour, which was able to do much less so in my rock band, is for the most part the music for the solo sections of Rage or Audio Slave is not written around the solo. It's you know Rage Against the Machine. I think in in three four albums had you know, maybe one chord change. You know, right. that's, that's how, you know, funk and, because it, it it's a rock band playing, you know, kind of hip-hop music, which tends to remain on one chord. Like, the emphasis is the James Brown hit on the one. Right. And the, and the one repeats itself rather than going through some exotic chord progression. That challenged me to come up with interesting sounds to make up for the fact that there was not that kind of harmonic interplay that was what makes 
solos sound interesting generally. With this, there's no such restrictions. And so, uh, like the song you're talking about, Lights Around Spider Town, I, I was really influenced by guys like Aldi Miola and uh, <laughs> you know, and David Gilmore, you know, who used the acoustic guitar in really effective and melodic ways. And, and Nick Bocott from Grim Reaper. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> yes, he's Nick is, a, Nick is a fine guitar player. <laughs> I'm always going to tease you about that since you told me you practiced uh, eight hours a day to Grim Reaper. Riffing. Yeah, well, not all eight hours were to Grim Reaper, <laughs> but certainly Grim Reaper was, was one of the selections that used to drive my college roommates out of their ever-loving minds. <laughs> the track St. Isabel, the harmonica, the beat, uh, the whole feel. I mean, I mean, this could be a Bruce Springsteen track. Yeah, it's a, it's like a... You know, it, it, it comes from the tradition of those, uh, uh, you know, those Irish rebel songs. And I'm actually named after my, my uh, uh, Thomas Fitzgerald, my great Irish Catholic IRA Republican grandfather. And so that's, you know, that's a music that I've discovered kind of later in life, but it's really pretty fantastic. And, that, you know, that's a song about my dear departed Aunt Isabel. She was a huge, huge part of my life. Um, and, you know, she recently passed away. Yeah. And, uh, and she was... Um, you know, she she suffered from a lot of of health issues, both physical and mental, through through her life, and was really an an, uh, an angel of a person. And whenever I was on tour in different parts of the world, I would you know call her from exotic locations or send uh, send postcards of where you know, wherever I was because she was you know unable to really travel anywhere. And so when she passed away, I was like you know it's one of the on this um, one man revolution tour was one of the things that I missed most was saying, you know, all, or sending a postcard from Australia or from Japan or wherever. So I thought that I needed to have a song that I could play, you know, in her memory in these different places now, too. So that's where that came from. I mentioned Bruce Springsteen because the track recalls his sound. Has yeah. Bruce ever commented to you on your music? Yeah, he actually came to a, he came to a show. Uh, he was actually recording with Brendan O'Brien in Atlanta when um, the Night Watchman tour came through there, and he came to a show, and it was, you know, I'm a huge Springsteen fan. Like, there are very, very few peers that make me all nervous and excited. And Bruce is definitely at the top of the list. And you know, I had seen him play many times, and, but to, have, to know that, like, the boss is out in the audience while you're singing your song was something else. But he, he was very, um, he, he, he couldn't, have been, couldn't have been sweeter about it. And then, you know, recently he and I played, uh, played together in Anaheim and uh, did a version of uh, Ghost of Tom Joad, which... Uh, oh, my. Which he he recently released as a, as a which is actually one of my the highlights of I wouldn't even say one of the highlights of my career one of the highlights of my life was um, I played two shows with him uh, the song during two shows with him in, in Anaheim and and he released the recording and the video um, as part of a a benefit CD for the Danny Federici Melanoma Foundation oh, okay. which Danny of course is a longtime yep. keyboard player who passed away and it's you know it's really one of a it was a pretty exciting night. <laughs> I can imagine. That's uh, because I, you know, we he we had I, we ran each other a few days before in the studio, and he's like, "Yeah, you got to come up, Tommy. You got to come up on stage and uh, you know, and rock with us sometime." And and I called him up a few days later and said, "Oh, you're playing in Anaheim tomorrow. How about that?" And uh, I suggested we do Ghost of Tom Joad, which which Rage Against the Machine had covered in the you know in the past. And, right. And he said, "Sure." And he wasn't sure whether we were going to do it acoustic or electric. So of course, you know, I spent the next 24 hours. You know, without a moment's sleep, practicing every possible variation of the song, and he came up with a pretty amazing electric arrangement and plugged me into it. And, and uh, I didn't know whether I was ever going to be playing with Bruce Springsteen on stage again, so I pulled out all the stops. <laughs> How did fans react to the sound of your voice on the first record? You know, your low baritone. Uh, yeah. 
uh, you know, do you think it's something that they had to get a little comfortable with? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, it's it's audacious, you know, for them. It's <laughs> it's because it's a solo. You know, sometimes when guitar play, whether it's I don't know, Slash's Snake Pit, or when Steve Vai left the David Lee Roth band or whatever, when you know people who are known for their guitar heroism make solo records, for the most part, they play the electric guitar music that they're known for. I mean, this was a was a stark acoustic record with me singing in a you know a Leonard Cohen Johnny Cash voice. Of course, it took a lot of game. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I made the record under the name The Night Watchman. Right. I didn't want there to be you know the expectation that it was going to be a you know a, a, a an audio slave greatest hits package or something like that. So so but 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 I think that you know when I don't know the the only responsibility you have as an artist is to be true to yourself, and that's exactly the kind of music that I wanted to make and that I want to make, and um, it feels very honest and it feels like I'm doing what I should be doing. Has playing so much acoustic guitar changed the way that you approach the electric in any way? That's a good question. Um, Probably not. I mean, I've always played a lot of acoustic guitar. Many of my most molten rock riffs were actually written on acoustic guitar. The the one guitar I have in in my house that I've write with is a nylon string acoustic guitar and this, that's throughout the history of you know rage against the machine and audio slave the, the riff writing guitar and the night watchman writing guitar are the same guitar so i don't know that it's really uh, really affected it though you know like like i said the, the i've become much more comfortable you know and that's why this record is under the name tom morello the night watchman right. is much more comfortable you know accepting all parts of my of my musical life and that i've that the, the writing these songs, singing these songs, you know, be, being completely in control of all the lyrics and the music is very, very important. And on the tour, it's going to, you know, I'm going to really be excited to do both things and to kick out the jams with the electric guitar, too. Is your writing process, uh, when you're doing a Night Watchman record, is your actual writing process different from writing for Rage or when you were in auto? Yeah, very, very, very different because, you know, I'm, I'm, not the lyricist in Rage or, Rage or Audio Slave, and so for the most part, the um, the lyrics will come first, and as opposed to riff writing, which to me is really easy and comes very natural. Like I could you know sit down this afternoon and write enough riffs for a record. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. That's something that just it, it, it's like low hanging fruit. Lyrics are a very different thing, and they come when they come, and you just gotta hope that the antenna's up and that you're able to you know you're able to. To, to get it when it's there, and so I'll wait until you know it strikes me. And sometimes it's when I'm driving around in my car, or sometimes it's when you know in the middle of the night I'll sit bolt upright and you know and, and click a bunch of lyrics into my BlackBerry, you know, and not remember it till the morning, you know. And then once I've got a set of lyrics I feel good about, then begin putting it to music and then adjust it from there. Because you're you're known as such a sonic innovator on the electric guitar when you're playing the acoustic and you know working on a song i mean does it ever strike you like how can i make a really far out sound with the acoustic because it, it, it doesn't seem <laughs> well like no, i mean it's it, it, i think in in both cases it's how you know how do the music and lyrics best serve one another right you know i'm a huge fan of heavy music and that doesn't just mean music made with marshall stacks that means you know there's there's nothing heavier than some of those early Dylan songs where it's just his voice and six strings, you know, Johnny Cash songs or Woody Guthrie songs, or Springsteen, Nebraska songs. And so it's, you know, to, to sing like the song Rise to Power off of the Fabled City record with a bunch of 
crazy, jazzy, acoustic wildness and whammy pedal going on probably would not make the song, probably would make the song less effective. Right. So I think it just you know they they play off each other. Let me ask you about electric guitar playing a little bit though. Has there been any changes to your rig or your guitars? I mean, are you heavens no. <laughs> the, the rig has the same tubes in it from about we're, we keep waiting for it to the head to explode and no one's even looked in the back in about 15 years same it's the same setup the same marshall 50 watt channel switching head and the same pv cabinet 4x12 cabinet and the same crummy effects pedals that i you know bought at the little music store in highland park illinois when i was a kid same soul power same well so i use the for for the rage stuff and for you know, the main, main guitar is the Arm the Homeless guitar and the Telecaster for the drop D tuning stuff. Uh, though I got a feeling Soul Power may make a return in the fall on the tour. I know you don't do endorsements, and I'm sure you've been approached many times, but have you ever thought about doing uh, an endorsement, a Tom Morello signature model, simply because you could donate the money to charity? Yeah, you know, I actually did think about doing that for, for the acoustic stuff and right. doing something called Axes of Justice. Ah. Right? Uh, but you know, with the acoustic, it, it's hard because I'm so, I don't know, I, I, I hate to use the word principle. I'm too principled when I come, come to this stuff. Like, I, I wouldn't want to sell a guitar that isn't exactly the one that I use. Right. You know, and with regards to the acoustic guitar, I use one that they, they already manufacture. You know, so I could guess I could put my name on it, but it would, you know, still be exactly that same guitar. With regards to the electric guitars, like I don't think that I could improve the Frankenstein monster guitar that is the Arm the Homeless guitar. And I've, I've actually had had a company. I was actually Ivan as to try to make a, a you know a backup for me of it, and it was fine. But I mean, that guitar has just has come together through. You know, it has like 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 a redwood has so many rings in it of, of experience that I don't think that you could make you could remake it in a way that would be real for for kids. But that's not a bad idea. Tom, if you have a little bit of time, we we have some reader questions. Sure. Okay. A reader named Whole New asks, "Do you think it's necessary to know the rules before you break them?" Heavens, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a career if that were the case. Uh, w- the the important if I mean this young man or well maybe maybe probably is a guitar player and I practice when I was practicing eight hours a day I guess I could say that I was practicing within the rules or within the constraints within the the, the parameters of of guitar players I was a huge fan of Randy Rhodes and Al Miola and Steve Vai and guys like that and you know would look at their posters and shred away for eight hours and and you know I, it was without a teacher that was like it was all I was I was self-taught in that in that way, and I think that I discovered a lot of the the rules of music just by stumbling upon them and by playing and jamming and and being being creative. It wasn't that that was when I was a guitar player. I was a pretty skilled technical guitar player. I didn't become an artist until I decided to throw all that away, right? And realize that what the thing I like about my favorite guitar players is not that they sound like one another, it's that they sound like themselves. And that, that leap of faith is one that is not a very... That's, a, that's when you take the leap between becoming, being a musician and becoming an artist, is when you can find out who you are as a... You know, whether it's a songwriter, whether it's an instrumentalist, um, and, and develop a unique sound in that way. I remember you once telling me that you 
were on some bill with a bunch of bands and yep. all the guitar players sounded the same and you decided that night I'm going to become the DJ in Rage Against the Machine. That's correct. That's correct. It was a, it was a, it was at a, it was at a college in the San Fernando Valley and it was Rage Against the Machine was opening up for two cover bands and the, there was between the two bands there was two guitar players in one band one in the other and they were shredding monsters. And I thought in these kind of useless cover bands on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> if there's three dudes that can do that, they, there doesn't need to be four dudes that can right. do that. A reader named Toasty asks, are there any new bands that you think we haven't heard of that we should check out? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that my ear is to the street necessarily, but there is a brand new band that actually I'm finishing producing their record called oh. Outer National from Brooklyn, New York, and they're kind of a world music rage against the machine and it's really some of the most exciting new sound that i've heard in a band in a very very long time and i don't i don't produce many bands and i just uh i've known those guys for a while and it's really one of the most exciting bands in a very very long time called outer national outer national it's interesting it's interesting that you liken them to rage because rage are so unique that i think a lot of bands they don't even want to go near trying to sound like you. Yeah, guys. well, they don't. They don't. I mean, the the elements that they they have they have a, a political intensity. They have a tremendously exciting and sweaty live show. There are some there's some some good riff rocking involved, but it's not it it's it's very different from that too. They, they there's elements of like Manu Chao and elements of um, you know like sort of Peruvian music woven into this this kind of throbbing rock band. So it's really cool. A reader named Radio Electric says, Tom, I dueled against you in Guitar Hero and lost. Are you really that good in real life? <laughs> well, i got to tell you, one of the blessings and the curses of being uh, digitally personified in Guitar Hero is all day long people tell you whether you kicked their ass or they kicked your ass. In it. <laughs> I'm not much of a video game player, I must admit. So in, in Guitar Hero, it's likely that if you and I were playing it mano a mano, that you would kick my ass 100% of the time. <laughs> Fortunately, I have a digital representation of me in the game that may be able to get the better of you. A reader named Oolong says, you are famed for practicing eight hours a day when you started out. For those of us who require a slightly more forgiving regime, what are your top tips on uh, progressing? Well, first of all, is it like I was doing this when I was studying an honors major at Harvard University. So I, I think that my schedule is probably as unforgiving as just about anybody's could possibly be when I was doing this. So there's no excuse there, young man. I, I start, the, the, the best advice that anyone ever gave me, and it was this guy named Paul Freed, who went to Libertyville Public High School, who was a guitar player, played a lot of UFO songs, and was, his skill level was much higher than mine when we were 17 years old. He gave me the best advice that anyone ever gave me with regards to practicing guitar. He said, practice one hour a day, every day without fail and that sounds simple enough right. it's not always that easy to do and i took that as gospel and i found that by you know rather than jamming four hours on the weekend and then maybe practicing a half hour this night by establishing that commitment i found the level of my you know i started playing guitar late i started playing when i was 17 years old so i had a lot of catching up to do but i found that the le the rising tide of my technical ability just continued pretty regularly. I thought, well, if I do this one hour a day, what happens if I do it two hours a day? And then, then I noticed that you know it, it improved exponentially. But the key to it, for me anyway, the key to it was every day 
without fail. And it was the without fail part that really connected with me. And I would practice probably during four years at Harvard, you know, with incredibly difficult studies. Sometimes I'd have a, you know, fever and, you know, finish studying at whatever time of the morning. I would practice. I, must, I maybe missed two or three days during four years. Wow. And, uh, you know, this would be like when I'd go, like my mom took me on a trip to Europe. I'd bring my guitar and I'd be practicing in these <laughs> Irish bus stops, like while we're waiting for the bus. I don't necessarily recommend that. <laughs> I'm also an obsessive compulsive person, so that's maybe that's uh, something to do with it, too. Um, this isn't a reader question. You know, you're obviously pretty good master of uh, effects pedals and guitar treatments. What do you think of The Edge and what he does? But also, what do you think of Matt Bellamy of Muse, who's obviously very influenced by you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think those are two great guitar players. I mean, I, the, the, Edge is, the Edge is everything you'd want in a guitar player, a guy who is a... Uh, uh, completely unique stylist on the instrument, as well as a great songwriter. Right. Like that's, I mean, that's the key there. It's not just that he makes amazing sounds. He crafts those unique sounds into great songs. And um, you know, he's definitely one of my one of my favorite guitar players. He does exactly what what we aim for, which is to have uh, uh, his own voice on the instrument but he's able to make that voice tremendously musical in whatever context. And he knows, he knows when to just play three chords, and he knows when to, you know, to hit that crazy delay pedal and make it sound like the edge. A reader named Dynamite Kid says, Tom, in your work with Audio Slave and Rage, you've avoided conventional solos. Have you ever felt the urge to just switch to fiery blues tone and let it rip on pentatonic? <laughs> uh, there's going to be a little bit of that on the on the first first rage record, but there's yeah. going to be a lot of that on the upcoming Night Watchman tour. Well, that uh, that one uh, nylon string solo you do is, is is fantastic. Oh, cool! Thank you. A reader named, if I'm getting this right, Up Guitarist says, "What do you love about being a musician, and what do you hate about it?" What do I, oh, that's a that's a, a thoughtful question. What I love about being a musician is that it allows me to channel my creative energy into something that matters to people and has an impact in the world. You know, I would, I would, there were times where I would be practicing my guitar just, you know, at home jamming along with whatever songs happened to come on VH1 and be able to have a completely satisfying creative experience you know, alone in my apartment, just playing music for myself. The fact that I'm able to do that and have an audience in the, you know, the far-flung reaches of the planet, you know, to, you know, listening and, you know, and enjoying it is something that I do not take for granted. And what do you not like? <laughs> what do I not like about, yeah. about being a musician? Hmm. Well, one of the things I don't like about being a musician is when people come up to me every day and tell me that they kicked my ass on Guitar Hero. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, a reader, so hold your tongue if you run into me. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> I don't care. A, a reader named Reaction105 asks, have you ever had periods of frustration or disappointment with music uh, and your guitar playing, and how do you move through it? Oh, yeah, c countless. Yeah, for, for me, guitar playing never came naturally. Not I, I fought for every inch of it. And, you know, and... You know, during the, the years where I was practicing so many hours a day, there'd be many, you know, 
periods where I was unable to you know, sort of get through a particular difficult thing. And also, I was frustrated that, that even as my technical ability was, you know, was, was getting better, I wasn't able to write music that I liked. And, and I know that's sort of a, uh, it's a, it's a subtle point, but I was able to write songs, but it really wasn't until right before Rage Against the Machine where I was able to really write, you know, riffs and grooves that I wanted to hear again and again. <laughs> yeah. right. You know, and that, and that's kind of carried through sense. And, you know, in part prior to Rage, I was, I was much more careerist. I was trying to be in bands that were going to be popular, or trying to do things to, you know, get a record deal. And, and I, you know, I had a, I actually had a record deal before Rage Against the Machine and this band called Lockup, and we got dropped from our label. And at that point, I just was like, you know, forget it. I'm just going to play music for me. Like, it, what a, how ridiculous was that? <laughs> like, kind of, kind of played by these false rules that I had in my head, and it didn't work out. So if I'm going to play music, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I love it from here on out. Yeah. And that's what I've done too with, with, you know, with this Night Watchman stuff. Is, you know, when Rage Against the Machine formed, we didn't have any intention of getting a record deal or even playing a club show we just wrote songs that we love and that's what i did with this night watchman stuff and that's why i started playing it in coffee houses under under not my own name because uh, it's just music i loved and i was going to do it whether or not there was an audience before you go on the road as the night watchman are you going to do another residency gig unknown but probably I love those. Those are some of the funnest nights of music I've ever had in my life, doing those shows at the Hotel Cafe. And they're probably just great warm-ups for really hitting the road. And absolutely, absolutely. And, and they, they instill a, a fearlessness in, you know, in, um, you know, in, in playing on the fly, and there's very little rehearsal, and yet the shows are you know, really some of my favorite musical nights I've ever been a part of. Well, Tom, thank you very much for spending some time with me. It is my pleasure. It has been great. The new record is Tom Morello, The Night Watchman, The Fabled City. It's a beautiful piece of work, i got to tell you. I really love it. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. This is Joe Basso for Music Radar, the place for music makers, and I've been speaking with Tom Morello. Tom, again, thank you very much, man. Thanks very much. See you soon. All right, take care. Adios.